Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. We want to continue to worship Him and exalt Him and and all that He provides for us. Let's join together for prayer. Dear Gracious Lord and Father, we praise You for all that You are, and we pray that You bless us now as we read from Your Word and as we study it. Lord, help us to, to follow Your direction and guidance. And Lord, we pray that You'd help us to hear Your voice. And Lord, help us to, to magnify Your holy name and exalt You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts once again. We've been looking at the book of Acts in a a series of sermons about, uh, you know, seeking a way in which God would light our fire. We want want to be a a church that's on fire for God. And I don't know if you uh, are familiar with, you know, there's some church groups and there's some people that that uh, they kind of throw that terminology around a little bit. And the Methodists have a, uh, in their symbol, they have a fire coming down from heaven as part of it. Uh, But we get so accustomed to those kind of things that a lot of times uh, it's nothing more than just a part of of what we see from week to week. It's not a part of of really of, of what we aspire to be or to have in our life. And so, you know, we, we need to, to hearken back to a time in which we seek God's uh, direct uh, uh, participation uh, in what happens in our church. In fact, uh, we need to participate with God, not God participate with us. Uh, we want to have a church where God is is fervently working and moving, and and we and you know one of the greater greater uh, pastors in California uh, said uh, the secret to his success was not necessarily finding a program that worked. It was a matter of seeing God work and getting involved in what where God's already working uh, and. Uh, he said he likened it to uh, you don't go to the beach and and orchestrate an effort to cause the waves to to crash to the beach, and then uh, once you get that going, you go out and you surf on the, the waves. He said, no, you just simply go out and you see what God's already doing, bringing the waves in, and you enjoy. Uh, those waves and enjoy what God is doing by going out there and getting into the water and surfing on the waves uh, and being a part of what God's already doing. And that's really what his secret for success has been in serving God is is just merely to see where God is moving, seeing where God is, is working in, in the life of His people and and seeing where He can be involved. And so uh, we want to we want to desire we have a desire for God to to uh, uh, begin a, a work in us that we can be excited about. Uh, I, I think the church is a lot like. Uh, one of one of my favorite uh, movies is is a movie about a guy who 
is uh, pulled out of his comfort zone by his friend. And he, he's got this uh, uh, phobia about going out and getting in into doing things. And his father's got this uh, really expensive, one-of-a-kind cars that's kind of in a garage that's kind of sealed in. It's almost like a museum for this car. And... and his buddy comes over and he says, well, we've got to take this car out. We've got to drive it. Uh, we've got to uh, let it loose. He says, you can't just simply just leave it in here because uh, it, it's, it, it doesn't make sense to have a car with this much horsepower just sitting in a museum. And I think a lot of our churches are like a museum. Uh, we have all this power, all this ability that God is, desires to do within our life. We have the, the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells within us. And God's, uh, God's power is, is there for us to, to serve Him and to utilize it to, to expand His kingdom. But we sit in here in this church like a museum. And we marvel at what God is capable of doing without ever witnessing it ourselves, without ever allowing God to work in us personally. And so this is what this series has been all about is having, uh, you know, coming to a place where we desire for God to ignite our hearts with the passion to go out and to serve Him. And we've come to, uh, we've seen God pour down His Spirit upon this, uh, His disciples in the first two chapters of Acts. We come now to the chapters 3 and 4. We're going to focus on chapter 4 today. <coughs> and we see that Peter is there with uh, uh, other disciples and he's already uh, kind of been seen as the spokesman for the disciples when uh, the Spirit of God pours down and he uh, preaches a, a sermon that God uses and, and God uh, motivates him to say the words that move the hearts of, of 3,000 that are added to the church that very first day. And they are out in the uh, in the synagogue preaching. The very next day, they they go and uh, to the synagogue, uh, and this is the kind of place where everybody is. Uh, remember, the people are in Jerusalem for the Passover. They have been there for the Passover and. Uh, Jesus and His disciples, they worship the Passover together. It's what we call now the Lord's Supper. They take a portion of that time and Jesus uh, drives home what's about to happen. Uh, Jesus is crucified. He's buried. Uh, the third day He uh, is raised and He uh, is there with His disciples for several days and then uh, God uh, ascends Jesus into heaven and uh, the disciples are there by themselves. That's the beginning of chapter uh, of Acts and uh, the very first chapter of Acts there. Uh, Jesus going up into heaven and, and then the Spirit of God comes down. This is a uh, another feast that is soon after the Passover feast. It's called uh, Pentecost and that's why all these people are still there and people have come from all over to be in Jerusalem. And so uh, because they are there for these feasts, it's natural that uh, the disciples would go to the temple because all these people who ha have are from all these other places, 
they're there at the uh, at Jerusalem at the temple, and so they're going to naturally be there in the temple, worshiping God and desiring to grow close to God. So it's a natural place for the disciples to go to again uh, to continue to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And while they are there, uh, uh, they, uh, of course, uh, Peter continues in what he says. Uh, in chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Men of Israel, why are you so amazed uh, at this? Or why do uh, you put, uh, stare at us, though, uh, the power of godliness? Uh, we have made him walk. He's talking about the, the paralytic that uh, uh, was there. Uh, or uh, they're there. Uh, they come, they've come in and, and uh, they've uh, been able to uh, to cause this one who's uh, there begging to to be restored uh, to stand up and to walk, and so uh, uh, there uh, Peter uses that opportunity of of what he's uh, what they've accomplished in uh, uh, causing uh, healing this man uh, through the power of Jesus' name uh, to begin to share with uh, everyone and he's causing this great commotion by what they've done of, of uh, causing this man to be able to walk and then uh, to begin to preach and it causes the, the teachers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees to get all in a huff because here's these young men, they've come in and they're uh, teaching this stuff and they're talking about Jesus and uh, Peter is laying blame uh, squarely on uh, the chief priests and the priests about uh, the death of Jesus Christ and he, he says but the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from uh, among your brothers and you must listen to him and every uh, everything he will say to you this is verse 22 he's quoting Moses and it will be to everyone who will not listen that the prophet will be completely cut off from the people he's using what they already know to, uh, and they would be very familiar with this quote from Moses about what's happened uh, uh, happening to in their midst that uh, so he's using this to, to continue to teach them uh, and he says in, in verse 24 and in addition to all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel to those uh, uh, after him have also announced these days you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant of God he says look all of this is God uh, bringing about his desire it's been foretold it's been prophesied it's God's plan and he says look this is in the will of God uh, and uh, none of this was uh a uh, uh, surprise to God. None of this is something that that wasn't already foretold for some time. Chapter four. Uh, Peter and John are arrested now because of what uh, they have done in the temple. And it says, and as they were speaking to the people, uh, the priests and the commander of the temple guard and the Sadducees confronted them because they were uh, provoked that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in the person of Jesus uh, and the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and put them in custody until the next day since it was uh, already evening. But many of those who heard of the message believed in the number of the men came to about 5,000. First, I want you to see that you know, 
a lot of times we think about Pentecost and Peter preaching and 3,000 adding to the number. But here the next day they continue to preach and God continues to add to them another 5,000 people. Uh, and so in the midst of all the things that's going on, in spite of all the, uh, the, the problems that the, the disciples are having, God continues to increase their number. God uses all those things that happen to bring about His will. The next day, the rulers and elders and scribes assemble in Jerusalem with Ananias and the high priest uh, and Caiaphas and John and, Al, uh, the, and Alexander and all the members of the high priestly family. And after they had Peter and John stand before them, they asked them questions, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the people and the elders, if, you are being, uh, if we are being examined, uh, today about a good deed done and uh, to a disabled man by what means was he healed uh, let it be known to all of you and to all of the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene whom you crucified and, and whom God raised from the dead by him this man is standing here before you healthy this Jesus is the stone despised by you builders who has uh, become the cornerstone. This is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. What we need to see uh, is, look, it's one thing for the Holy Spirit to be a part of our lives and to be active in our lives. It's another thing for us to 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 call upon the uh, and utilize the power of the Holy Spirit. God is doing a great and tremendous thing in the power of His Spirit in the lives of the disciples. And uh, we're seeing uh, lives changed. We see the paralytic get healed. We see uh, people added to the number of believers because of, of the things that have happened. And uh, this is the problem that we have so many times in the church is that God enables us us to have great power, uh, the power of His Holy Spirit working and moving in our lives. Uh, when we accept Jesus into our heart and life, uh, we are uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times, uh, to most of us, uh, we don't utilize the power of God's Holy Spirit within us. Let's just be honest. A lot of us uh, tend to uh, simply just want to be saved. We want to get our ticket punched. Uh, we want to be going to heaven. But we don't uh, act upon what God is doing in our lives. And for a lot of us, uh, uh, just simply to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit being in, in us, uh, that's almost too much for them to even handle. Oh, you can't be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't talk about us uh, having this power that, that's, uh, that's making too much of who we are. Uh, but God's Word is very clear on this. The Spirit of God comes upon us when we are saved. And if we don't have the Spirit of God on us, uh, we might need to question whether or not we've accepted Jesus into our heart and life, if He's really the Lord of our life. Because if the power of the Holy Spirit isn't on us, uh, then maybe we don't have uh, Jesus Christ in our life. We need to assess that and, and get that right with God. 
so that the Spirit of God is on us. But listen, uh, I'm not saying that all of us have the power to go out and to heal. All of us have the, the gift of prophecy. Uh, uh, it's very clear that Paul talks about uh, in Ephesians and other places about the gifts of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness. Uh, uh, those are the gifts of the Spirit. <coughs> we also have uh, those gifts of, of God that, that uh, come with the presence of the Holy Spirit, not just simply to change and transform our lives like, uh, like those attributes of the Spirit of love and joy and peace, but also we have within us, each of us, uh, God has gifted us with gifts of, being, of discernment, uh, gifts of uh, tongues, gifts of uh, healing, gifts of uh, all these, of, of just being a, uh, a uh, of helps and uh, you know so many times different uh, denominations or different groups of people have placed so much on one particular gift that we get kind of scared when we start talking about gifts of the spirit we get a little bit antsy about it because uh, we're afraid that somebody's going to think that we're getting uh, a bit charismatic and get a bit part of these other groups and and uh, uh the problem is, is that a lot of us act too dead in our faith. We, we don't utilize the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives at all. Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there not to confirm our, foundation, uh, our faith, uh, but they are there to help us to expand the kingdom of God. What, uh, what happens here is, is clearly seen here in this passage of Scripture. First, uh, uh, Peter and John and the disciples are there, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. So what are, what's their natural thing to do? They're there to tell other people about Jesus. They go to the temple. And as they're going to the temple, they are confronted with an issue, a situation. God utilizes the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives to bring healing to the paralytic. And this uh, uh, causes a confirmation in the lives of those who are there to see that God's hand is upon them. That's what uh, miracles were for in the, in the Bible. That's what the miracles were used in Jesus is to establish His authority, to establish who He is. And so the power of the Holy Spirit is there to establish uh, uh, in Peter and John and the disciples that uh, that they are uh, uh, have the power of the Holy Spirit upon them, and so God uses them to heal this paralytic man. Uh, to draw attention to them, and then uh, it's they don't sit there and bask in it. They don't sit there and uh, say, "Okay, you know, yeah, everybody come and pat us on the back about healing this guy." Uh, obviously, this is a guy. Uh, let me just back up here, uh, stop here for just a moment, and back up. Um, this this man, this paralytic, was someone who came on a regular basis to the temple. And at best, people were just giving him alms. That's a tenet of the Jewish faith is to do kindness towards others. And so a lot of times uh, people who were in need would go and sit outside the temple gate so that if... Uh, you know, somebody going to the temple had uh, been busy during the week and they'd forgotten to give. What a better opportunity. It's just like, you know, that uh, uh, 
them putting uh, items at the checkout in the grocery store. You don't really need those crackers, but they're there just in case you, you see them when you go by. At the very last minute, you know, you pick them up. Here's a guy who's there at uh, an opportune place so that if somebody going to the temple has forgotten to give, has not been generous throughout the week, they can give alms to him uh, and uh, he's made it easy for them to do that. And so he's been there on a regular basis. They've noticed him, but nobody's really done anything to meet his need other than give him a few alms. And here comes James, uh, uh, here comes Peter and John, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't just simply throw a little bit of, of money at him to make them feel good and to, to fulfill an obligation. The Holy Spirit leads us to meet people's needs. The Holy Spirit uh, works and moves in our lives to change and transform lives. And so instead of just simply, they say, look, we don't have any silver or gold if I none. Hey, I, I don't have any change in my pocket. I don't have, we didn't come to the temple with the intent of giving money. We came with something else. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And so he, he gets up and he begins to celebrate. He begins to, uh, to praise God. That is a life-transforming thing. A lot of us, we would be excited about being able to walk if we hadn't been able to walk in a long time or our, our whole life. But what it also meant was this man who was so close to worshiping God. The outside wall to the temple was as far as he could go. Because his illness, his uh, being uh, lame, meant that he was unclean. Now he's healed. It means he's, he's clean once again. So he's excited, not just simply because he can walk. That's all that we focus on. But more importantly for him, it means that he's now clean and he can go into the temple. He can go and worship. Maybe for the first time in his whole life, he's able to go in and to worship God and because that's as close as he can get to God. We miss that because we are on this side of the cross and we forget that people at that time could not just simply worship God anywhere. They had to go to the temple. And this woman, uh, uh, like the woman at the well, Jesus said, there's coming a day when you'll worship anywhere. It won't matter about going to Jerusalem. It won't matter whether you go uh, somewhere else like your fathers told you. He said, Jesus said you'll worship God everywhere. And this is before they understood that they could worship anywhere. This man was eager to worship God and he knew the only place he could do that was in the temple where the Holy of Holies was, where the very presence of God was. And so he was excited because of the fact that he had, he had access granted to him to go into the temple. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit in our lives is all about, is granting access to others, access to God through testimony, of, uh, through sharing the gospel, through uh, telling other people about who Jesus Christ is. It's all about, <coughs> that's all it's all about, is helping people to have access to God. It's not about healing. It's not about doing miracles. It's about showing others 
Jesus Christ. And so the disciples, they're, they're there and they, they tell this man, uh, you're healed, and, and he stands up and he walks and he's excited, he's going about all that. And what does that do? It draws a crowd of people. And 5,000 people are, are excited about what God is doing and they're uh, added to the number of the church. And then James, and J- uh, Peter and John are put into prison. And what does that do? Well, that gives them an opportunity to go witness to the people that never would listen to the gospel. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests, they go in and what do they do? They begin to tell, tell the gospel message of Jesus Christ to them. And you see, this is the foundation of what the Holy Spirit is to do in our lives, to help us to, to go out and to share the gospel. And then uh, uh, verse 23 it says after they were released, they went to their own fellowship. Uh, what happens is they uh, they had been put in jail. They they've been sternly warned, "Hey, don't go and and uh, tell others about Jesus Christ. Stop teaching in the temple." Verse. Uh, let's back up to verse nineteen. But Peter and John answered the the chief priests, "Whether it is right in the sight of God for us to listen to you." Rather than to God, you decide, for we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. The Holy Spirit works in our lives, first of all, to make us a witness. Second of all, it makes us compelled to share our go- uh, the gospel message with others. Here's, here's these two men. They've just spent time in jail, and they could, could have been thrown in jail and beaten. But instead of, of listening to the instruction of the chief priests and doing what they said, they said, look, we've seen what God has done. We have seen Jesus raised. Whether or not it's right for us to listen to you or listen to God, you can make those determines on your own. We've already decided. We already know. We're going to follow God. We're going to do what God wants us to do. He says, we can't keep but telling others about Jesus. He says, look, uh, and you know, uh, there are places in this world where you can be uh, killed for your faith in Jesus Christ. There are places we we live in a in a world in a society in the United States where we have these freedoms and we have so much freedom that there are people here who've uh, uh, chosen to just sleep through this morning uh, and not be here. But there are people in this world who hunger uh, for a message about Jesus Christ so much so because they are uh, kept from having the gospel in their in their community. They they don't hear the the gospel message. Uh, uh, we probably each one of us has multiple copies of scripture in our home we have bibles uh just stacked up because uh that's what we do as christians we collect bibles and 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 uh but there are places in this world where uh, if you're caught with even a page out of the bible uh you could be taken to prison and tortured because you have it we have such freedoms that we just don't understand and here Peter and John, they say, look, you, you decide to do whatever you want to. The Spirit of God is working in them so much, they don't care what mere men can do to them. They say, you decide whatever you want to, but we can't keep but sharing what God 
has done for us. And then uh, verse 23, as I mentioned before, as they were released, uh, they were uh, going on to their own fellowship and reported all the things that they had done. And they had boldness, the Bible says. They had reported all the things that the chief priests had done, uh, verse 24. And when they heard this, they uh, raised their voices to God unanimously and said, Master, You are the one who made the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. You said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of our father David, Your servant, uh, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot futile things? And the kings of the earth stood, uh, took their stand, and the rulers assembled together against the Lord and against His Messiah. For in fact, in the city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your plan had uh, predestined to take place. And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your slaves, that's who they're talking about themselves, that your slaves may speak your message with complete boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing signs and wonders to be performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak God's message with boldness. Thirdly, God's Holy Spirit comes upon us in such a way that that we have great boldness. We need to pray that God will continue to have boldness, uh, give us boldness to go out and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the problems that we have is, is we have the Holy Spirit. We have a great power that has come upon us through the indwelling of Jesus Christ. We have such great power to change and transform. Do you realize that you have the power to change someone's life for all eternity? Not just for a couple of days, not just for the rest of their life, but for all eternity. And you have that power. That power is called uh, your testimony. And through your testimony, God can bring salvation to their lives and their lives can be changed for all eternity because you are given the power to share your testimony and to witness to someone and to allow the Holy Spirit to work through your words. You have the ability to change, uh, to be used by God to change someone's life for all eternity. Just like these disciples, we ought to pray, God, give your slaves, give your servants boldness to go out and to share your word. Give us boldness. Lord, shake us up. Shake this place so that we might have the boldness to go out and to share the gospel message. Lord, shake us up and cause us to go out and to tell others about uh, your love and to tell others about uh, uh, the things that you've done. And the very next verse says, multitudes of people heard the message and were changed and transformed. Don't you realize that, that it doesn't take hundreds of people 
to change a community. It takes simply a few people that are submit to the power of the Holy Spirit in their life and allows God to work in them that can change a whole community. God wants to use you in your life. God wants to bring such a shaking to this place that it will shake us up and cause His power to be felt and that it will cause us to go out and to share the gospel message with our community, with our, our cities, and with our state, with our whole regions. You realize that, that every uh, great movement of God started with just a small few people. Sometimes just with one person that simply said, God, use me. God, shape me to my very core. God, change my life and work in and through me to bring about... Look, they said it's not our way. So many times we try and say, God, we're going to do this. Bless it. God, we're going to, we're going to have Vacation Bible School. Bless it. Lord, uh, use it for Your glory. How about we pray, God, what do you want us to do next? That you would bring glory to your name. God, what do you want us to do next? That you might work in and through us. That it will shape the very foundation of our community. That multitudes of people would come to know you as Lord and Savior. Look, uh, God can move in us in such a way that we would have so many people uh, wanting to come together to worship that we couldn't find a place big enough to, to come together to worship. That we would have to divide up into groups and we'd have to send people other places to worship because God is working in such a way that there's so many people coming to know Him that we'd have to ship them off to other places. Wouldn't it be wonderful not just simply to fill this place, but to fill every church in this community, to fill every church in this county, to fill every church in this state, because we simply allow God to work and move in our life. Amen. That's what God wants to do in us. He did it once. He can do it again in us. He's done it before in the Great Awakening and, and so many other times in which God moved simply because a few people or one person said, God moved me. God began to change my life. God simply uh, worked in me to bring about your will. The disciples said, it's your predestined, your predestined plan in our life. We need to ask God to work in us to help us to come to do His predestined plan in our life so that we might be of use to God and that His Spirit might be alive in us. Let's pray. Dear precious Father, Lord, we thank You that You would allow us the ability to be used of Your Spirit, used of God to, to serve You, Lord, so many times we just sit back and we 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 just like a bump on a log. We we're we we don't do anything, and so often it's because we're afraid. We don't have the the right words, or we don't have uh, we 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 don't think we'll do the right things, or or we'll be asked the question we can't answer. And all the while, Your Spirit is waiting for us simply to be willing to be used. Father God, work in us. Ignite Your Spirit within us. Cause us to, to be shaken to the very core so that we could be used for Your kingdom's purpose so that multitudes of people, thousands of people would come to know You. Father God, we, we believe that You're capable of anything. Lord, we know that we're small in number.
especially today. Lord, you can take this small number of people, even one of us, you can begin to move. You can begin to transform lives. You can speak uh, to us. Lord, help us to be willing. Lord, give us boldness. Give us Your power that we might share Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.